So it's been done. It's the deed is done. It is over. Um, if you've been following us and listening since episode one, it is over. Is like, the show over? No, 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 no. no. Since episode one, uh, we've been talking about a certain procedure. Yep, I got the old uh, the old snip. No more kids. The lineage ends. The story ends. Right there. <laughs> yep, I guess that was first episode. Really? Yeah, first episode. That That's was our first hilarious conversation. I, I, like I know, I feel like I need to go back and listen to it to like see what I said. Like, oh, I don't even know. I can't remember. It's been like 20 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) So anyways. Before the internet. So so how was that experience? What was like? It was fucking terrible. (laughs) Yeah, everything about it sucked. It was was everything. Like, it's half of, at least 50% of it's me just being like a complete, like, like wimp about it. And the other half is like legitimate. Like, I mean, the end, like when it, it took like 15 minutes, but he was done. He uh, just flipped his gloves off. It was like such a bro thing. Like just kind of flipped them, threw them in the corner and said, all right, we're done here. Just uh, step across the hall once you get dressed. Talk to my receptionist. I can't remember what he called her because I was still like a little bit like in shock. And so he's like, yeah, just go across the hall when you're done. I was like, okay. So like he walks out and I like kind of look around. I'm up in like the stirrup things, like spread, you know, no pants on. Turn around and the door's still wide open. No curtain, no door shut, just like wide open in the hall. And the worst part is across the hall where his receptionist is sitting is like we're like staring each other in the face. Like there's no like cubicle. There's no like dividers. Just like, oh, hey, hey. So I had to get up with the little paper like towel thing, quote unquote blanket thing that's like super tiny to like wrap it around myself, like waddle over to the door and slam it so I could get dressed. And then, like, walk out with my ice pack and shame. Other than that, it was great. It was a wonderful experience. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Would recommend Would if recommend. you don't want kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So, welcome to Beer and Bible, or tonight it's just Bible. Just uh, Bible. Just Bible. And I am I'm doing a cleanse. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I am Neil, and I am the Encyclopedia Biblitanica, the research nerd. AKA the only one that does any work on the show. And also the only one that is uh, <laughs> virile and potent at this point. We have no proof yet, but hopefully that's not like a spark, like all of a sudden, hey, guess what? I was virile. <laughs> like, you've got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is. You know, this time I'm just like the regular dude, an official Bible reader. A high-functioning alcoholic is going to be for next episode, I guess. A little hard on myself this weekend, a little abusive on my body, so mm-hmm. not a lot of sleep. Just the hungover. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of sleep, a lot of alcohol, a lot of like hard mountain biking, and my body just said, like, just batteries on zero. So I was like, we're going to start fresh, take the at least the first couple days of this week and kind of heal up. Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to my world. All right, so we are in the book of Matthew. We are in chapter five. Oh, Matthew, yeah. that's a change of pace. Screw you. <laughs> What's this book like? We are in this half book. the Bible long. It seems like it right now. All right, so we are in the book of Matthew, and we are in chapter five, and we are working through what is called the Sermon on the Mount. This is where we have all these cool phrases like "eye for an eye makes the whole world blind." Tooth for a tooth. That wasn't Jesus. That was Gandhi. Uh, but we we do have phrases like that in there. And it and is tooth for a tooth a real thing? Uh, yes, it so is. In, we did that for an eye. Yes. Okay. It is in the Bible. Um, and again, we talked about that. If you would like to learn more about that, check out our earlier podcast where we describe uh, the interpretation that the Jewish people have, had, have always had, as far as we know, of any documentation of how they understood that verse. 
Anyways, <laughs> uh, what you do have is you have a pattern that Jesus is in right now where he goes through and he will uh, stay a prevailing teaching. He'll give his teaching. He'll give his reason for it and then a discussion and his conclusion. And we're going to have that exact same pattern tonight as well. He's very structured, it seems. Yeah, it, well, uh, whether it's Jesus or whether it's Matthew. Um, Who knows? Putting it together, but it is it is very structured, and it, it makes it more of a rabbinic argument. So some people believe the Book of Matthew is geared specifically towards a, Jew, a Jewish audience, which would make sense that you would give you would do it this way and use a kind of a Jewish argumentation for building that. Water so, sucks. What, what, I'm sorry. Water sucks. <laughs> and it just doesn't have any. Uh, this doesn't have the flavor. Yeah. It'd be uh, different if I was like pounding Coors Lights every day, or actually I've been into Natter Days lately. That's embarrassing to say. Edit that part out. It's like Natty Light with strawberry lemonade in it. Oh, okay. I thought that was like just you drank a whole bunch of Natty Light on. Oh Saturdays. no, 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 no. I mean, yes, but it has like strawberry lemonade in it, which all that does is it tastes like slightly less shitty. But then I just have like acidy, like heartburn that evening while I'm trying to sleep. Try not to do those anymore. Everybody wins all around. <laughs> um, so we're going to be jumping into Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 43. Verse 43. Here we go. Uh, you have heard it. Wait, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's it. Yep. And so we got to figure out where that came from. Hate, so that's strong. It is. It's a strong word. It is. So we're trying to figure out where in the world that came from. We're going to be looking at Leviticus 19 as kind of the closest thing we have to this. I guess I got to look yes. at Leviticus. God yes. damn it. So why in the world would they say, you know, oh, Leviticus, like, you've heard it said this, but I'm going to tell you something different. Where was it even <laughs> originally said? Uh, so we're looking at again, Leviticus 19, verse 18. 19. All right, I think I got it. I got it. Just the one verse. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And that's it. Signs off. So there's no hate your enemy. He does say don't bear grudge. Oh, yeah, it's just love them. Love them. So where where in the world does this come from? Um, Where the hell are you getting this, Jesus? Yeah. So we got to figure that out. So love and hate here is a really broad. It includes everything, like the love and the hate from uh, deep intimacy to general respect. So it can be both active and passive love and hate. It's pretty broad. Uh, neighbor, um, you're getting the word plesion. Uh, Sounds Greek. Yes. Ha ha! Bingo. Still your board, Chris. Yay! Um, I'll take biblical languages for 800. <laughs> uh, close person could mean relative, could mean somebody around you, could be like an American. You're like, oh, I'm an American. This, they're my community. I would consider that. Or... In this case, Israel. I consider Israel my community. Hmm. So you can figure that out any which way you you want to look at that. You have ekthros or ekthros oyen, somebody who's trying to kill you or somebody that you might just disagree with theologically. So again, huge, wide range here as far as what an enemy is. Um, Enemies, the Old Testament perspective could be a sinner against God. And we're going to look at uh, Psalms 139 for that one. It'll be Psalm one thirty nine. You're saying that like I need 22. to flip through the Bible and look at. Yes. Damn it! Hold on. There's so much reading tonight. I know. I have I have some of this stuff even marked already. Like I'm sure not all of it, but it's going to become a real pain when somebody picks up this Bible. <laughs> what in the world happened? To These you? borrowed Bibles. You mean yeah? 
Uh, Psalms. Okay. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Okay, so this does that not... was old douchey Dave that wrote that one. Yeah, it? yeah, it, which is a great loving psalm of worship <laughs> to God. Of like, well, anyone that you hate, God, I'm going to hate with you. Anyone that sins against you, I hate them. That would be a very different worship song if we heard that in church. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so so we, that really does not sound like hate the sin, love the sinner, <laughs> like in other Christian. Yeah, where's that in the Bible? It's not. But, oh. oh. But, I hate those who sin against you is apparently. Oh, gotcha, huh. gotcha, gotcha. Um, so the these enemies could be people that you disagree with. Uh could be people like um tax collectors. Uh later on he actually is going to name some people. So some people think that because he names off tax collectors, like that's who he's referring to. Mm-hmm. Tax collectors were people within the community that were hired by the Romans to go and collect taxes. So it's like And Matthew hey, was one of those. Yes. Right, at one point, yes. not like right now because he's chilling with Jesus, but right, yeah, but yeah, he was one of those <laughs> people like sitting there and don't be like one of those tax collectors. What, mm-hmm. yeah, he looks up, what the fuck, yeah, huh? <laughs> Did I miss something? No, shut up, Matthew, go back to writing. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, during the time this book was written, some people would have been pushing the Christians out, so it might have been Greeks rejecting Christians saying, You guys are weird. Or it might have been Jewish people saying, you guys are weird, and either way... <laughs> or somebody saying, you guys are weird. They, they might have been being pushed out of their community. could be the Romans, because you have a Roman-occupied Israel, so think uh, Iraq or Afghanistan, America rolls in, and is settled like, this is welcome to freedom. <laughs> we're going to give you some freedom. Yeah, we're going to show you where to stick that freedom. <laughs> and in that point... You, I'm laughing, but uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the point is whether... Right or wrong is beside the point. You're talking about and somebody who came in and said, we are now taking over yeah, um, and controlling things. So that that could be the enemy. Um, any any and all people that you've had personal disagreement with, like, I, that guy cut me off in traffic. So I now, hate that guy. Yeah, that guy. Screw you. All right, so now it's my turn to do a bunch of reading. Yes. So I, uh, Chris gets to read the actual word of God. I'll just keep taking all of the weird Jewish stuff. The extra the extra, yeah, very extra. Uh, so this is actually using those two verses we just read, um, and this is an, uh, an ancient writing. Now, a lot of these ancient writings, this one was written a little bit after the time of Jesus, so it's not quite uh, right on there in the, in the same time period. Uh, the hatred of mankind, what is that? This teaches that no man should think of saying, love the sages but hate the disciples, or love the disciples but hate the Ha'am Ha'aretz, which are the people of the land. Uh, on the contrary, I love all these, but hate the sectarians, apostates, and informers. The apostates, by the way, are probably the Christians. Oh. Um, those, you guys love Jesus, and you think he's God. You guys are apostates. You're terrible people. <laughs> um, and so said David, do I not hate them, O Lord, thee, uh, that hate thee? And do not I strive with those who rise up against thee? I hate them with the utmost hatred. I count them uh, mine enemies. Again, that same phrase. Yeah. Uh, but does hardcore. It, but does it not say, "But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself"? I am the Lord. Uh, and why is that? Because I, the Lord, have created them. Indeed, if he acts as thy people do, thou shalt love him. But if not, thou shalt not love him. So maybe, even though this is written after the time of Jesus, maybe this is pulled from, or maybe this idea existed before Jesus was talking. 
Hmm. So there's that one. Um, then we have a, this is a quote from uh, uh, the one of the Qumran scrolls, one of the first ones that was found. Uh, and the Qumran scrolls are the Dead Sea Scrolls. I was about to ask, like, what's, what the hell are these scrolls? Yeah, they were written by the Essenes, the crazy people that were like, they weren't Sadducees, they weren't Pharisees. They went off into the mountains for the most part and had their own set of Judaism and yeah. all that. Um, so here's the quote from it. He is to teach them both to love all the children of light, each commensurate with his rightful place in the council of God, and to hate all of the children of darkness, which commensurate with the uh, the guilt and the vengeance due him from God. Children of light were them, like, of course, <laughs> were the Essenes, were the children of light. Oh, children God. of darkness were the either the Sadducees or the Pharisees. I can't remember off the top of my head, but... Basically, you disagree with me, therefore you're wrong. Like, the, even though they were still <laughs> Jewish, they yeah. weren't Romans, but they were those were the children of darkness. Mm. Uh, and then Josephus in Jewish War, um, always hate the unjust is what he had, he had written down. So, is hate your enemy in the Bible? No, love your neighbor is. So, but that's kind of where we we land with that one. Mm. Um, so continuing on into the text of Matthew, so we we set this up where we back in Matthew, yeah. So that's the prevailing teaching. So now we're going to hit up Jesus' teaching right. and his reason. <clears throat> but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So again, Jesus' teaching. Hey, here's what I'm saying instead of what everyone else is saying, and here's my reason for why I'm teaching you this. Oh, I'm gonna have to look up some other stuff now. Yes. I knew it. I saw the look. Yep. All right. I want you to jump to <laughs> Exodus 23, four through five. All right. Hang tight. <laughs> Come on, man. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got, got it. it. I got it. All right. All right. Uh, if you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to return it. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you falling down under its load, do not leave it there. Be sure you help them with it. Hmm. Yes. You got to help your friends. In, <laughs> friend with his ass. Yep. And enemies. your enemy with his ass. Yep. Everybody's ass. Yes. You got to help it. That's help them with it. So, yeah, so this idea of if you that look at... low-hanging fruit. I had to... Take it. I needed something. Take it. If you, if, so if we're looking at it as less of... Uh, I'm going to give you a verse to look up now. Proverbs ah. 25, 21. What is it? Proverbs 25, 21. Ah, I have that one marked already. Joke's right. on you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm talking about the. Uh, so you already see this idea of loving your enemy. If you see love as uh, you're acting out and taking care of and providing for somebody, um, then that would be love, even though it's your enemy. Hmm. Well, what about the feeling and the emotion? If any of you have siblings, and if you're an only child, you might miss this idea. There are times when you do not like, you don't have a strong emotional enjoyment of being in their presence. (laughs) Maybe friends, cousins, whatever. But you've had times where you've had these these feelings of that, but you still actively in your actions and doing things like that, love them. Hmm. So if you see as love as, as that or a greater love of of okay, we're in the same family. Like, yeah, right now, not a fan of you, but I love you. And it can still go beyond just the immediate emotional feeling. Hmm. That's so, a good uh what would you call that? Analogy? I yes. Mean, there you go. All right. 
Uh, Proverbs. Proverbs. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Once again, we're going back to enemies and actions. Helping the enemy out. Helping them out. And then one one last one for a second, and then it'll be my turn to read a bunch of Jewish stuff. All right. Job 31, 29. Job 31. Ah, I've got that one marked. Let's see. If I have rejoiced at my enemy's misfortune or gloated over the trouble that came to him. Yep. <laughs> so he, this is him explaining that he hasn't done these things. Oh. Sorry, this is, uh, I forgot to mention, this is Job explaining to people like, oh, I've never, if I've ever done these things, then like I'm blame. He, he is he is explaining to people that think like, you, Job, are a screw up. And he's like, no, I've, I've not done anything wrong. And he gives us this is an example. If I've ever done any of these things, call me out on it. Yeah. So once again, even this is an emotional side of it is when he saw misfortune happening to his enemies, he wasn't like, yeah, right on. Get him, God. Get yeah. him. <laughs> so you see, again, this idea of loving your enemies is something we can find in the Bible. Yeah. Or at least the actions of. Hmm. Um. So here we are reading some sage teachings here. This is a commentary on Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy is one of the first five books of the Bible. Uh, a lot of people think Moses wrote it. This is a lot of the thou shalt and shalt nots, along with some really fun stories. Um, <laughs> Sage's teachings. Uh, if you see your fellow's ass or ox fallen on the ground, do not ignore it. You must surely help him raise it. Deuteronomy 22.4. The present formulation serves to state the religious requirements in a negative way. Elsewhere it says, when you see, Exodus 23.5, which serves to state a religious requirement in a positive way, your fellow's ox. I know only that I deal with the uh, the one belonging to your fellow, but what does it say about the one belonging to your enemy? Your enemy's ox, again, Exodus 23.4, then why does it say your fellow? That is like, why is it said your enemy in Exodus the first time, and then when it's repeated, the same phrase is repeated. It just says fellow. And, and yep, in Deuteronomy 22. Your other human. Yep. And then it says, this teaches that the Torah takes full account of the impulse to do evil. It's aware that you're likely to like, the to screw over your enemy and leave them. So it's like, just reminding you, by the way, these are your fellows. Ah. So... So that's Got a sage. That, that's like the sage's uh, understanding or um, a Jewish scholar writing about this going, hey, you know what? There's actually a need to see it as beneficial or, or see them as a another human. Hmm. Um, so then a lot of people come to me and like, well, how unique is this? Like, didn't like Buddha say something like this or Lao Tzu or somebody like that? Yeah. Okay. So the Babylonian councils of wisdom uh, lines 41 through 45 do not return evil to a man who disputes you. Requite with kindness uh, your evildoer. Um, and this is all in the context of legal issues. This is this was from a legal uh, council. Egypt uh, instructions from um, oh, Amenemopet, uh, four, chapter 4 through 5, fill his belly with bread of thine so that he may be ashamed. That's kind of an interesting That's one. That's weird, yeah. Like, ah, like... Feel bad because I'm being nice to you. Oh, God, uh, now that makes more sense when you say instead of a, a minimum Muppet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. They're, they're, in my head, like, if somebody's going to be a jerk to me, like, oh, thanks for giving me the bread. Sweet. I guess we're, yeah. all, we're on good terms. <laughs> completely You're supposed to feel it. ashamed. Yeah. Like, oh, why? <laughs> I don't know. 
Okay, so anyway, Socrates, uh, it is never right to do injustice or to do injustice in return or evilly treated to defend oneself by doing evil in return. Um, However, actually, Socrates does not extend this to inferiors. He actually keeps it all on the same level. So it's referring to people who are in your equal social status. Ah. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, Buddha, what about Buddha? Does he say stuff like this? Well, there are stories and songs and, uh, and songs of brothers and sisters. Um, and there are some other ones. Um, uh, and, and Maha Vega tells a story of a man who forgives a man who killed his mother and father. Uh, these are pragmatic ev- examples, um, commented on, but not stated in an all encompassing way. So there was never, there, there were more of like, here's a story of this happened and this happened, but they're not like, this is what you should do, or this is this is a pattern for like, all people. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. It wasn't. It's a story, not like rules to live by. Yeah, and even if it's teaching, it might still have limitations. It wasn't a proclamation to all people: love your enemy. Whereas Jesus is saying, "This is what you've heard. I'm telling you, this is what you got to do." Yep. Um. I like uh the the. the there's also another person, a commentator, uh, Noland. He said one is to put the community val- values over individual uh, over individual hurts, to care for the community and love your enemy even within it. But he looks at it a little bit more individual. Like I've got a problem with somebody else. Well, can I put that aside and, and love them despite it? Um. So once again, we get uh, we've talked about this before. When Matthew introduced this Sermon on the Mount, he started off and he started talking about what were called the Beatitudes, and he said, blessed are thee, and uh, and he goes through a couple different ones that are a little weird. And so he gets to, in Matthew 5, 9 through 10, let's just a flashback real quick, a couple episodes ago. <laughs> uh, Matthew 5, 9 through 10. Yeah. Oh, oh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So pray for those who persecute you. You're seeing it there. It talks about being children of God. And then what was his reasoning? He starts to quote what he talks about. What does God do? So by sitting there saying, be like God, this is what God does. Like, this is my reasoning is God does these things. You're to be children of God. Therefore, you should be loving your enemies. Is that uh. peacemaker loving your enemies? being a chip off of the old block, being children of God. Here's my reasoning for why you should do these things, why you should love your enemy. Bringing it all back. Yep. And so now we are in Matthew 46 through 47. Ah, so we're back to back, yeah, flash forward. Back to, I don't know why I made that noise. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Oh, there it is. And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? So I love, like, at this point, this is where we said earlier, these could be the enemies that he's talking about. Maybe, like, the social enemies, the people that are outside of you. Because you would pretty ostracize the people that are collecting your taxes. Like, you can't not yeah. pay them because then, you know, Roman soldiers and all that. <laughs> but they're but also you can still, like, hate them and, like, shun them from your yes. yeah, society. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the two examples of God are matched by two examples of people unlike God. So be like God because God does these things. Well, here are two examples of people that don't do things like God does in your mind, like how you see God. So Jesus uses the lowest people to drive home the point. The tax collectors, um, these are the, the uh, what is this? Uh, I, I'm going to just read this from Alison Davies, a commentator, Talones does not refer to the state officials who collected poll and land taxes, which are publicans, but rather 
denotes Hellenistic tax farmers who, uh, or the despised Jewish tax farmers and their agents who, having purchased the toll-collecting concessions, collected indirect taxes for the Romans. The latter were are infamous for their abuses of the system and were generally denied Jewish civil rights. Mm. Um, and so well, this is like the, the tax farmers, they would come up and they would bid. They'd skim a little off the top. Yeah. It, well, first they'd start out with bidding and saying, well, I can make you this much money. That'd oh, be wow. part of it too. It was like your willingness to, I can get this much money. How out much of can, them. yeah, I can milk them for all. This. Yeah. Uh. And then whatever else you make on top of that, you get to keep. Dang. So it's actually a pretty solid system. If you come in and roll in, you're like, okay, we, we've got to get taxes out of these people. How do you want to do it? We don't speak their language. We don't know who they are. We don't know what's going on. And then somebody's like, I can make you $5,000. And somebody else goes like, I can make 6000 <laughs> Okay. So you start, And then you're trying to get more on top of that for your own pocket. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, so you start bidding it. You don't want to bid too high. Yeah. And not be able to do it, but you, you need to bid low enough. Yeah, that's dirty. you need to bid high enough to beat everybody else out, and you need to bid low enough, enough so you can to, still get your share. Yes. Huh. So the the reason they were called tax farmers is because they can make the taxes grow. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and that that might, yeah Matthew that that'd be Matthew the guy who's writing this book. Mm. Um the uh, the Gentiles the ethnicos uh, Gentiles are anybody other than Jewish people. Yes. Right. Yes. Capernaum was uh, so if we look at them as Capernaum, um, well they could be uh, ethnic cause so they could be the Gentiles or they could be another group. So Capernaum is made up of fifty percent Gentiles, non Jewish people. So for him to sit there and be like, "Don't be like those people," like, Jesus, we're like they're right there. Yeah, like they could they're within uh, earshot. Are they talking about us? So it could be that, but at that point, you know, they're they're, they're like some Jewish guy is calling us Gentiles. Okay, <laughs> no big deal. Um. So it's fifty percent Gentiles, and that, and he is probably outside of Capernaum, like not too far, not too close. He's in that area. Uh, the other, this word is used in four other places. Uh, there are a couple of commentators that think this is the people of the land. This is the Am Haaretz that we mentioned earlier. These are these are the kind of people that. Uh, so in a Jewish society, you would have a piece of land that you would harvest, and you'd take ten percent of that, and you'd give that to God. So the religious people of that time believed that um if i was going to buy grain from you chris yeah and you have this field and you are supposed to give 10 percent away i would want to make sure that you gave 10 percent away because then i would know i'm like buying from a real a guy who's just as religious as i am oh gotcha gotcha but the ethnicas were more like some people describe them as the the country bumpkins <laughs> and uh or they're the kind of people like like oh you go to like uh are you religious like yeah, I go to synagogue. Yeah, I got rabbi. Um, the next guy asked Mordecai. him, "Are you religious?" Eh, not really. Yeah, like whatever suits the situation. Situa- yeah, yeah. And so they were the kind of people that might not tithe their ten percent. Yeah, but then still go to the market and sell it and be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, totally ten percent." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't very religious. Are you gonna buy more of them? Like, how religious do I need to be to sell you more? Um, so that they could be these people that are not quite up to par religious mindset um as other people so that that would be another option for how to, to look at it so those are our enemies uh, uh those are possibilities of enemies but he, what he's doing is creating a contrast between here's how god does things and don't be like these people who seem to just seek out after their own yeah and take care of them, themselves hmm. um because hey, what he's doing is saying that you are just like them yeah you're not you're nothing special just for doing 
you know, you're not going above and beyond or anything. Yeah. Which might go back to our original discussion of how does your righteousness succeed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, which is this is Jesus' explanation. Because you are doing the exact same thing that they're doing. Yeah. And they're, you know, and they're wrong too. Yeah. Uh, let's continue. Uh, verse 48. Ruffling some feathers here. Uh, be perfect. Whoa, wow. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. So what's the solution? Be perfect. Boom. Just like God. That's it. Just be exactly 100% like God. Um, okay. So a lot of people will put this as the end of this chapter. In fact, in most of your Bibles, it'll be the end of the chapter. Uh, there's some commentators that will slide it into chapter 6. And we'll get to that later on next episode. <laughs> um, so, what is what does it mean to like to to be perfect as God is perfect? Well, if it's if the capstone to this whole explanation, then it is to love as indiscriminate as indiscriminately as God does. Uh, God is not in need of anything, so He gives it away. So you too should not be needing anything. So here, let's grab another couple of verses that may, he might be quoting from. Ah, um, Leviticus. Okay, this me? Yes. This is me? Right. Yeah, so we're going back. We're going to go back to... Oh, yeah, I do the Bible stuff. You do the extra stuff. Yes. <laughs> one of us has to be based in the Bible. The other one has to make stuff up. Um, <laughs> Leviticus 19.2. Right, right, right. uh, I'm, I'm, I know about some Leviticus. I know right where that is. 19... Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. All right. So maybe he's, he's telling, if, if Jesus is telling his people, these, these people who are expecting to be the kingdom of God, the new Israel, all that set up, you need to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Maybe it's ringing back to this. Huh. Um, then Deuteronomy eighteen thirteen. All right. Probably gonna be really similar. Deut- Deuteronomy, by the way, to just everybody, repeats. It's it, yeah. Deuteronomy is like the second telling of the the yeah the law. All right, I got it. Got it. Got it. Eighteen thirteen. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. That's huh, like, blameless. Yes, blameless. This is some heavy shit. Yeah, you just uh, be perfect. Be holy. Be blameless. Well, that sounds like a T-shirt. <laughs> that shouldn't happen. <laughs> Uh, so the, what's interesting is Luke. So Luke is another writer. He is uh, Greek, and he writes to a different audience. He does his biography of Jesus, and then he after after he finishes his biography of Jesus, he has part two, which is like the early history of the church, called the Book of Acts. Anyways, in Luke's, he actually uses the word euktirmones or compassionate, not teluyi, which is perfect. Hmm. So he's using a different word. So be compassionate as your heavenly father is. Uh, and, uh, Noland, he is a he points out that, that that word that Matthew used that word for perfect is all can also be translated back to the Hebrew, which means whole or entire. Um, huh. Allison, he so we got well, Nolan. So maybe what he's saying is uh, be whole or entire. Do these things like God. You have another commentator that says do these things completely and utterly because. Perfect can also be to completion. Yeah. Uh, in the Qumran society, again, the, the guys SCNs, dead, crazy mountain people, crazy mountain people wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls. Same thing. Uh, those who copied the text were to be perfect in, uh, in all that was revealed to them in the law. So be complete or uh, do things completely and utterly. Do these things fully. So love your neighbor, love your enemy. And I love, you should love everybody completely and fully without creating discrimination of being like, I'm going to love this person to a point and love this person totally and fully. Hmm. Um, yeah, do it for everybody. You can't be picking and choosing. Yep. Yeah. And then 
uh, Nolan, he said, the uh, the goal is to go all the way with the will of God, to go to the full full extent that if this is the way that God behaves, so should you behave. Um, and and what what manner are we talking about? Again, are, are we sitting there trying to say that this is the capstone to all of chapter five, or is it just the capstone to this section? Uh, the way we've taught it so far, it seems to be the capstone of the section. Um, that'd be my my best guess is that when you're talking about how do I be perfect, perfect like God is perfect, well, you love all people, yeah, no matter what. Hmm. So that seems pretty simple when you wrap it up. Jesus could have just cut to the chase there. Yeah, it took us like thirty minutes to get through this. I have no idea what time is. It? It's the structure you said there. Yeah. So this uh, this structure. is what you've heard. This is what I'm saying. And so this is what. You, and this is this is oh, what you got to do. Then he has to give the God example. Okay. okay so okay. it's it's uh this is what you've heard. Um, this is what I'm saying. Uh, here's the example. Like here's my little discussion. Yeah. Here's a little bit more of an example. Like don't like the tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> And then I'm going to come to the conclusion. So hmm. he's been doing that through all throughout this section. And uh, we're going to be hitting chapter six next time. Ooh. So. <laughs> so we'll see you guys then. And uh, that's it. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>